Hi everyone, I've hit the ground running this week, landing on Monday back from South by Southwest EDU and then chairing an EdTech Exchange event at the London Book Fair on Tuesday. Thanks everyone who came along. This week I also recorded with Wibu about language learning and gaming and that episode will come out on April the 2nd. A few notes before we kick off this week. UK-based EdTech Accelerator Emerge Education are kicking off their eighth cohort with an open day on Thursday 13th of April. Anyone interested in taking part can check out the show notes for the link. The EdTech podcast will also be one in April and we're celebrating by throwing a party in a pub in London. If you can make it, please do come down. It will be on April 27th at the Joker pub in Angel. All details are in the show notes and I'd love to see as many of you there as possible. Finally, you may have seen the sad note from the Educational Technology Association, NACE, about their offices closing. The email also requests a call to sponsors and members for support. To find out more and how you might be able to help, check the show notes. Okay, on to this week's podcast. This week, I'm extremely excited to bring you an EdTech podcast extra with award-winning musician and innovator Imogen Heap. Recorded at BET 2017, we talk about developing the technology of the Mimu Jester Glove over the last seven years and having the confidence to step outside of expected musical forms influenced by the open movements of makers and hackers. We mentioned sneaking around MIT Lab, NASA, and why Imogen is excited about VR and the potential to stay connected, as well as create new musical forms in three dimensions and why this matters to learners. For those of you interested in the musical side of the podcast, keep your eyes out for more on this theme from Ted Fujimoto on an announcement from Roland in a few weeks. You should also check out Bet Award finalist Study Track, who are doing cool things with music and learning. For those of you interested in the VR biology side of the podcast, check back in for the final Bet Trends episodes next time to hear more on the subject from AR company Curoscope and from apps developers TinyBot. Enjoy, folks, and thank you to Imogen. very excited to be here uh, with Imogen Heap um, who as someone now I'm probably going to start this off on the wrong wrong tack straight away but as someone who's been uh, inspired and uh, entertained by Bill Bailey and his uh, what what is that machine the you know the Wawa one yeah that one that one I'm sorry. I'm. 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 I'm He's uh, seen the gloves. Mm-mm. Yes. Oh, has he? What yeah. did he think about them? Well, it's actually. I spoke to his manager, um, who was like, "He would love these. You must get in touch." And then nothing happened. But um, he's awesome. I've been to see him live a okay. few times. Yeah, he's he's, yeah, he's, he's a um, very funny man. So, Imogen, could you tell us a little bit about what you were speaking about? I think what I'm really interested in, and the people listening would be really interested in, is um, you know what that means in terms of getting creativity in the minds of young people, and and not being okay we've got technology here or science here and arts here and what that means to you perhaps Mm. yeah so I suppose 20 years ago um, I signed my first record deal and back in those days it was like you make music and that's it don't even think about directing a video or doing any artwork or dressing yourself you know it's like this is the way it's done and it took me a long time to kind of shed those ideas and 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 have the courage to step out and and collaborate with people doing things completely outside of my comfort zone 
And so over the last seven years, I've been developing a piece of technology called the Mimu Gloves um, to help me reach inside my computer um, to be able to augment those acoustic sounds or samples that I may be making live to bring them to life physically instead of just hiding behind a laptop. Um, and this has made me think very differently about music making and it, and it gets me very excited about the next generation about that they're not going to be stuck behind laptops for hours on end you know it's they're going to be interacting with their with their with their software and their hardware um, gesturally yeah so in a physical way so I mean it's a bit of a marketing term but this digital idea so physical and digital interacting oh, and I haven't that, heard that before yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah it's, it's a bit quirky uh, yeah. um, and, and I actually I just bumped into a teacher who's a fan of yours on the way down and he was saying that as he understood it that you came across this idea and the technology at MIT is that correct? yeah, yeah. so my friend um, who later ended up working for me she's called Kelly um, Kelly Snook she worked at NASA Oh, wow, and okay. as a fan, she got in touch with me as we, when we were on tour, in fact, on that 2009 tour. And uh, she said, Imogen, if you, if you and your team want to come and have a look around the Goddard Space Centre, I'll show you around. And yes, I was please. like, hello. Yes, um, so, yeah, we, she took us around and this, she, she picked us up in this big van and drove us into the Space Centre. And we had that most amazing time um, and, you know, touched bits of things that had been in space and, and seen the world's biggest speaker um, and uh, where they do testing for sound the vibrations um, and it was really really fascinating anyway so she invited me to the MIT Media Lab because she was doing a, a, a scientist in residence space okay. sonifying the solar system as you do yeah. Um, and uh, yeah I, I turned up on one of their open days um, kind of unofficially I realised and I kind of had to do a little bit of hiding from one of the teachers there um, but it's all fine now um, and I came across this woman called Ellie Jessup who developed this glove um, I mean, I saw many bits of tech, but this was the one that really, re really resonated because for many years I've been trying to figure out how to get closer to that software, how to get away from the, the computer and away from all these kind of chunky bits of technology that weigh me down and, and cost a lot of money on tour. How can I lighten that and, and get closer to the, the sounds and get closer to the audience by not disengaging um, and kind of going to, a, you know, the the central nerve system or whatever um, so seeing this glove and seeing this simple gesture she'd worked on um, basically she had a long glove on one hand and she sang a bit of, she sang something and then when she made a pinching gesture the audio um, the, the sampler took a little tiny nanosecond of her voice and then synthesized so that cool. into a tone and then it was like she was holding the tone so then she would sing on but she would hold the tone and then kind of move her her, her hand like a vibrato on a string and uh, that gesture that whole thing I was like wow wow you know that's what I'm looking for is that I don't need to hold a thing to be able to do something I can just integrate it into my performance I can still play the piano I can still play guitar I can still, I can still do stuff all around but um, but this, was, this wasn't wireless and, and that was as far as it went and I wasn't able to collaborate with them because they wouldn't let me um, so then I went home and I discovered actually there were loads of people making music with gloves but they were very their own idiosyncratic kind of systems that they built with yeah. like a whole mess of wires and like their brain downloaded in some software which you couldn't read if you were you know whoever you were um, and there was this one woman called Letitia Tsunami who'd been doing it for nearly 30 years you know this, the thing she calls the lady glove um, so I really needed something so that I could access all those off the shelf tools that I love to use in the studio and on stage and so over the years we've now developed a system which enables me to do that um, and anyone else for that matter um, because that's the thing that was missing is that people could develop these things but you would only be able to be doing it as long as you knew how to code or develop a piece of hardware but 
as you realise when you kind of put the word out there that lots of people want to build that thing but maybe yeah. they're, they're not the end user so they don't have this they don't have the full cycle for them as well they must be really excited because you can help to to showcase the innovations out there that bring it or bring it all together so you say that it's sort of under the you know under the radar slightly but you mm. can kind of help deliver that to yeah. a wider audience I suppose yeah I really hope that you know I mean there are gloves coming out left right and centre now but the, the, the kind of the really jewel, the jewel in our crown is this software, is the connective tissue between the device that it's reading from, you know, and in our case it's the gloves, but we can also use Leap Motion, we can use Connect, um, we can use the iPhone, we can use like headsets that, you know, map your brain waves. There's a couple that we've, we've got SDKs for and we're kind of working it with. Um, but then you can map any, any gesture or any thought, um, you know, waves um, to... Um, any MIDI or OSC address, so it can be whether it's it can be visual, it can be um, it can be anything that reads OSC. And, and what's your background? So I mean, I'm just thinking about your own educational experience, and yeah. um, you know what's amazing now is you take this sort of musical excellence and then this excitement around technology and, and mold them together. So you know, was that something you experienced when you were younger as well? Yeah, I didn't really realise that... I, I didn't ever see them as separate. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I didn't realise until I saw Ellie Jessup's glove that there were people around who could build stuff like that. I just thought it was done in secret science labs. Play, well, I guess MIT Media Lab is a bit of a science lab, but yeah. um, I didn't realise it was people that weren't in big institutions that with big loads of money that could do these things. And, uh, and then I discovered all these hackers and makers building all this crazy stuff. And I got involved in that world and found an amazing team. And together we, we built this stuff. Um, but from a very early age, I've never been, I've never, you know, coding is something that was like very far out of my, yeah. um, my vision. But I, I really enjoy programming in terms of programming using, you know, software that, you know, musicians can use that I don't have to write code for. Um, so back in the day, that was um, Sibelius there's a thing called Sibelius and it was like black and white on a screen and it was kind of numbers but um, using general MIDI sounds and pretty horrible Um, but when I was 12 I discovered an Atari computer with this basic software on it and it just blew my mind that I didn't have to write stuff down anymore because I I did you know I I wrote I did theory I did I studied classical music and uh, studied you know all that stuff arrangement and um but in order for anyone to hear my orchestral works, then I would have to wait for the school orchestra, which was non-existent, to play them. So I'd never hear them. So this way I could type something in and I could hear it back and then I could, I could imagine vaguely what that might sound like and, and other people could hear what's in my head who, who didn't read music. So it was really fascinating. Sharing another. So I know, you're, I know you're pushed for time. So my final question is, which are some of your favourite aesthetic experiences in terms of stagecraft as well? So whether it's musicians or feats of technology where you've been really wowed like you were with a glove for the first time? Um, just the other day, actually. Um, I, went, I was very lucky to get invited to, to the World Economic Forum yeah. um, in Davos. Cold. Yeah, freezing cold. Um, and just recently also seen a bit of technology just at Digital Catapult in London. Both, well, one was VR and one was the Microsoft HoloLens. Okay. And... The, the HoloLens really amazed me. I was like, the idea of, well, obviously, like, you can quickly see how musicians might get excited about visualizing something and the audience seeing something in the room and you shifting that and changing that with the gloves, for instance, or whatever it might be. But seeing the difference that that would do, and I'm sure everyone must be talking about it, um, for education, to see, like, 
have a lesson on anatomy yeah and be able to look through the different systems and like see the digestive system and see the muscular system and see the brains you know the different um uh, the different circuits in the brain i mean that was really amazing and I, you know even i mean i didn't even know where the appendix i mean i knew roughly where the appendix was but to actually see what it looked like yeah. and how small we don't really it was. have to worry about it do we until something goes wrong <laughs> and then we're like oh where is yeah. everything and but it's fascinating yeah. to be able to like I really got a, a gauge. I mean, I'd, I went to see that exhibition. It was horrendous. It wasn't horrendous. Oh, it was I fascinating. Know, yeah. You know what I mean? On Brick Lane. It took me three times before I could finally like I can't, I can't touch things and yeah. look at them and um, yeah, carved up real bodies. Um, but it, you know, but this is the this is the reality of of how kids will be learning this stuff in yeah. the future. And uh, you know, I'm sure eventually they'll get onto real bodies and doing stuff like that. But this is an amazing introduction into that and get their uh, you know get their ideas flowing and, and the passion going well and you could have a school kid anywhere in the world that could actually access a simulation of MIT lab for example yeah, uh, who absolutely. couldn't get there otherwise so. yeah yeah and the people in the MIT lab could could talk to them yeah in the you know virtually and then, so the next one I just did a couple of days ago was with this company called Wave VR they were using the Vibe headset and that was a VR total immersive experience where they that was really overstimulating for me actually um, more, more stimulating it, than vet it can't be possible. oh yeah it's true <laughs> it is like being an alternate reality here to be honest yeah. there's so much stuff going on yeah. but um, yeah to be able to I was chatting to some people who were in Austin and one of them was a cat one of them was a <laughs> A lion one of them was a mouse and I was a fox um, and we were all standing on this um, rock with a sheer drop with like stars all around us and some crazy colours and some music and I had all these tools accessible with my little gaming devices on my, in my hands and this visor on my head and I was chatting to them as if they were literally right there and there yeah. was no delay and it was really incredible and I got so hopeful about the future of how I might interact with my daughter yeah. who, you know, I know she's going to be off in space I know, she's called Scout, you know, I know she's going to be she's going to be off on tangents and I'm not going to see her for years, you know, probably um, and, uh, and I know how I was, you know, very young as well not ever seeing my mum or dad so I'm really excited about, even though I'm not going to be with her but it felt like... You can that keep real that connection, connection yeah. yeah and maybe we could go to the cinema virtually together and have a chat you know and it's we can't touch each other but it was just but you can have, can't have a so hug have a yeah, cinema, yeah 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 it's true yeah that's the next step isn't it so um yeah just amazing really amazing and 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 if people want to uh, keep up with the innovations that you're working on and that kind of thing how can they uh, do that it's hard actually that's part of the thing that i want to invite in is um how to design these kind of end nodes of uh kind of creative passports for people to um find information about any artist and what they're up to a kind mm. of hub of information verified information um so i haven't, haven't done that but i attempted it with my website which is image and heap uh, yes, I've been imagineheap.com um, this kind of world that you kind of go and explore but um, just haven't got enough hours in the day basically <laughs> but you can go there that's because you've got such an appetite to do I can tell uh, all these different things so anyway Imogen thank you so much and thank I appreciate you. the time today thank you Sophie all right. thanks for listening everyone before you go don't forget the EdTech podcast has been entered in the British Podcasting Awards And you can vote for us by going to www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote and typing in the EdTech podcast. Have a great week.